this episode 12, Corey. I dropped the ball last week. Uh, we recorded what was one of our better episodes. We had some good discussions back and forth. Uh, and I think I got way too hyped for Best Navy football last weekend. Uh, and completely <laughs> forgot to transition the, uh, the the audio from our podcast to, to the website. <laughs> and so it's lost lost throughout the, uh, the internet somewhere. But maybe someone will find it someday and think, man, these knuckleheads actually have some sort of clue what's going on. Uh, hopefully the Georgia State take from last week got erased. <laughs> oh, my that gosh. Was, <laughs> that was, that was uh, You'll just have to take it for granted that that was one of our best episodes. And you'll also have to take it for granted that we definitely, <laughs> definitely didn't hammer Georgia State yeah. over Coastal Carolina who got beat by 50-plus. Yeah. But, we uh, definitely did not do that. That's, uh, that's definitely on me for not getting that transition correctly. But uh, hopefully uh, technical difficulties are not an issue uh, this time around. And we also have a good episode, back-to-back good episode. So, again, I think it's episode 11, episode 12, whatever, who cares. Uh, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good, dude. Uh, things are kind of moving along here and, uh, you know, taking care of the baby and, uh, you know, trying to find some winners here and there where we can. Yeah, hey, we'll say this. Uh, we'll say this before we dive into a few things before we get into the football weekend. Uh, I know me personally, soccer this week really helped me out. First off, last week, having uh, for some reason my website went down the whole second half of the uh, whole rest of the day after the eleven o'clock slate. So the second Iowa State comes back, covers the spread against Kansas, the website goes down. <laughs> I'm I'm in the green and I can't do anything until Monday. No, excuse me, can't do anything until Monday morning. And so. For sure as a world, opening up Monday morning, bet Army against Air Force. That has been canceled. Uh, so, I took a few here for the weekend. And then Champions League was good to me. You went, uh, went 6-0 and in Europa yesterday. So, we're trying to, trying to build back up. So, uh, we can definitely lose it all this weekend. Well, I actually uh, have found a, an, an interesting uh, avenue that's made me a little bit of dust uh, this week, which is um, tennis. Nice. Uh, the ATP stopped off in Paris this week, and I'm not exactly sure what got me into it. Maybe it's just that it was on in the mornings. But uh, got into a little tennis. Uh, been making a little money off of uh, Andre Rublev, been making a little money off Medvedev, uh, been making a little money off Nadal, extending some matches. He won in straight sets today. I got that. Um, so, yeah, I've been uh, been playing a little tennis. Had a nice day in Europa League. Hit a little parlay yesterday to get us over to the weekend. And, uh, and then, obviously – we have to uh, we have to brace ourselves for the absolute uh, chaos that is the Breeders' Cup this weekend. Uh, I will say, if there there's really nothing, and for those of you who are not uh, into horse racing, and especially if you're new to the show, uh, horse racing is, is kind of a new thing to me. Uh, but to say that I'm enthusiastic about horse racing. Um, would be uh, maybe one of the bigger understatements, uh, which we're not known for understatements around here, but uh, maybe one of the bigger understatements we've ever made. But So I'll, I'll explain what the Breeders' Cup is when we get to that portion, but all I will say is uh, <laughs> all I will say is that there's really nothing in sports that compares to what the Breeders' Cup is to horse racing. And uh, the other thing I will say is that um, we're excited to welcome back one of our uh, one of our better sponsors this week. So we'll get to that when we get to it. But speaking of sponsors, Tom, let's just get right into it. It is our most requested and popular segment every week, and that is Grill It or Chill It, brought to you by our title sponsor and good friends over at Dairy Queen. Tom, 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Dairy Queen menu recently, uh, but the flamethrower burger, uh, it's still there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the but the probably the biggest news is they have transitioned over to the fall and winter menu for the blizzards. So you got the pumpkin, you got the peppermint, you got the mint Oreo. It's everything you want for the holidays. I know that a lot of people, it's starting to cool down where they are. They're getting a little fall weather, but I know where you are in Alabama, it's still hot as hell. And so there's nothing better on one of those fall nights when you're headed home from the ballpark than a Dairy Queen blizzard, maybe with a little chili dog, maybe with a little (laughs) flamethrower burger. But, Tom, no matter what you get with a side of it, if they don't flip that blizzard upside down, you know, it's free. It's free, baby. You brought the fall menu back. It sounds kind of like we're going – it's like – the Starbucks S, but less like trendy, which I'm all for. Dairy Queen's like, look, our food is not good for you, but you know what? You're, I guarantee you're going to like it more than that pumpkin spice latte. Dairy Queen says, look, here's the flavors of the fall plus about 800 calories. <laughs> so, not this. Starbucks is known for being healthy, but Dairy Queen is, uh, no, let me back up. Dairy Queen, very healthy. Very delicious. Yes. Title sponsor, Dairy Queen. <laughs> but so, but without any further ado, let's get to our favorite segment. That is Grill and Chill. Uh, Tom, we're not going to get way into it uh, because that that's just not what we do around here. And I think that uh, nobody really comes here for political commentary. But as it does have gambling implications, I have to say, I made some sizable bets on the election. I am probably going to come out in the red, but I did win a couple uh and i have not been paid them yet because there has been no official results from the election so even the states that i picked that trump would win or the states i picked that biden would win that they respectively won plus some other props that i took i have not been paid because the election has not been finalized so my bankroll is kind of frozen at the at this point or at least a portion of it because they will not pay the bets because the election has not been finalized Luckily, my bets were not so massive that it's like, you know, money I need to pay my bills or anything. But there, I'm sure there are people who are in that situation. So here is my grill it or chill it. Are you grilling or chilling that if this drags on much longer, degenerates will care much more about whether they get paid their over or under three and a half battleground states that Trump won than who actually won the election? No, definitely. I'm grilling that they'll care more about their over-unders because I, and I'll tell you this election night, I was following live gambling odds more than I was actually following numbers. It was unreal seeing, seeing the way these lines were moving as from state by state. And I'm, I'm with you. I had a few, a few plays for, for Trump and Biden who would win states, but I am grilling for sure that people are going to care more about the bets they place than they did actually uh, who becomes president. Oh, I'm I'm 100% on that. I mean, you know, because the thing is, if you think about it, right, I mean, what's a good way to do this without going too far down the rabbit hole? Ultimately, ultimately, it's going to be two years of gridlock, right? I mean, the, the, the Republicans are going to hold the Senate. The Democrats are going to hold the House. Uh, the It's likely at this point, let's just face facts, that the Democrats are going to have the White House. And so it is what it is. And no matter how far you want to go down the rabbit hole of conspiracies and what you think is going to happen and what they're each side's trying to do and yada yada and on and on, it doesn't really matter because either way they can't get much done without control of, of, you know, at least one or, or both of the parts of Congress. So 
I think that when it comes down to it, all people really care about is the money in their pocket, right? And um, there are a lot of social issues. And like we said, we're not here to discuss that, but we are here to discuss money in our pocket. And I think that, you know, people are going to feel pretty safe that they'll be able to make investments and get in and out of the market and do so without any drastic changes and lose a lot of money. So if, if you feel safe about that, well, then it comes down to, well, where else can I make money? And somewhere that a lot of people lose money or make money is on these, you know, uh, wagers for uh, entertainment corpses only. And so I think that 100% people are going to care more because I think people just get fatigued on this election crap. I know it's probably already starting to set in for most people. And most people are probably just like, can we just figure this out and move on? But, uh, but with that being said, um, Bavada, if you're listening, uh, Trump has clearly won over three and a half battleground states, and uh, I, I would like my money ASAP. <laughs> so I can put it all. So I can put it all in App State against Texas. Exactly. State Listen, here's the deal: is uh, Trump won Iowa, so I need you to go ahead and pay me my two units, so I can put those on Iowa. Yes, all right. Exactly. So we'll get we'll get to that uh, later in the episode, though. Uh, I got a grilling show for you. You know, uh, we've been struck with COVID uh, this year and several uh, weddings that I was supposed to attend in the spring, when spring is not college football season, as we know, uh, have been pushed back to the fall. So Saturday, uh, tomorrow, I'll have to attend a wedding uh, during the Notre Dame Clemson game. Uh, This wedding will also begin at the tail end of the Florida-Georgia game. Um, And I'm going to try to say this so I don't make anybody mad. Because weddings are beautiful and lovely, and they really are great, especially when I'm trying to see, uh, I don't know, uh, Kyle Trask take the Gators down the field. That's really <laughs> – it's because it's love, love, love. Um, so, Griller Chill, in the South, because you, you spent the majority of your life in the South, uh, Southeast. Uh, Griller Chill, in the Southeast, it is shunned upon uh, to – have a football game on side phone, uh, sneak away from a reception uh, to go find a TV. It is shunned upon during college football season to sneak away to go watch college football during a wedding reception. Really chill that. Uh, if you're asking me, is it shunned upon, I'm going to chill it. Because the truth is, if you look around at any wedding in the fall, it's like half the people yeah. that are on their freaking phones and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean – it, it is crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and chill that because I think that you know, look, here's the deal: you're gonna have a fall wedding. That's great. It's awesome. Do it on Friday night, dude. Um, I got married on a Sunday. There's yeah. no rule that says you have to get married on Saturday. Oh, but I, my dream wedding is on a Saturday afternoon in the fall. Okay, that's great. Just understand that if you're in the South and you have a Saturday wedding in the fall. People are, especially in 2020, where I can pull up AT&T TV and watch 15 games on my phone at one time, I'm going to probably be doing that. And I'm probably going to be watching uh, games that don't even matter during your wedding to you, but they matter a lot to me. I'm probably going to be watching Iowa State. Yeah. I'm probably going to be watching Sunbelt games. And uh, on, overall, like, it's just something that comes with the territory of having a fall wedding. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, and that being said – as you, uh, as you mentioned earlier, back by popular demand, because it's a big weekend for horse racing, uh, Corey, your horse racing minute, which would definitely be three minutes this time, which you haven't talked about in a while. Uh, title sponsor of Corey's horse racing minute, uh, Bahama Bob's. Right now, guys, it's, it's, we're toying into holiday season. It's getting chilly uh, everywhere. 
except for Bahama Bob's. Cause it's always, always, uh, how do we put this? Uh, the drinks are stern, so they're going to warm you up in a hurry. <laughs> how about Dude, that? Moment? And it, it's, I mean, and, and Bahama Bob's is the beach. So you're always on vacation at Bahama Bob's. Make sure you stop by there. The burger's great, local fish. Uh, we love uh, working with these guys. Uh, our sponsor uh, for the Horse Racing Minute, which will probably be five uh, today, we love Bahama Bob's. So getting right into it, and uh, I'm going to kind of run with this, the Breeders' Cup. So if you're sitting here listening and you're like, what the hell is the Breeders' Cup? The Breeders' Cup is literally 14 Super Bowls of horse racing over the span of two days, Saturday being the big day. But it's basically the world championships for multiple different classes of horse racing. So without getting too far into it, there are two-year-olds that are going to be uh, eligible for the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks and the big uh, three-year-old races, which is kind of the, the, you know, heyday year of a horse's life, a racehorse's life. Um, That is uh, the two-year-olds run on Friday. They call it Future Stars Friday. There are turf races, there are dirt races, there are long races, there are short races. But the point is that all these races are the world championship for either mares or colts in their division. So the two-year-olds run on Friday, uh, and since we're kind of already in the middle of those picks and nobody will be hearing this before those picks, I'm going to skip past that. But I will say uh, I am getting hammered on Friday. (laughs) Okay. So take that for what you will. Uh, I really hope that essential quality uh, coming out of the Brad Cox barn, he's five for five since getting claimed by the Cox barn. Uh, But I really hope that he can turn it around for me in the juvenile. With that being said, take these picks for what you will. Moving on to Saturday. So Saturday is the world championships. All these races are $2 million. The classic, which is the final race, is a $4 million race. These are the most expensive horse races in the world. So this would literally be the equivalent of if every sport played their Super Bowl on the same day, one after another, in a span of like five hours. That's what the Breeders' Cup is. Best horses all around the world. They all qualify that get into these races. Okay. So I'm going to go through one by one. I'm just going to give you a couple of little tips, give you a bet that I think you can place, throw 50 cents on it, throw a dollar on it, have a little fun, NBC Sports, all day Saturday. Here we go. Breeders' Cup Philly Mayor Sprints. This is for the chicks, young chicks, old chicks. They're running on the dirt. This is a short race. Uh, Gamine, it's Bob Baffert's horse. Had a little bit of controversy. They thought he was doping her. All of her times are better than every horse in this race. So if Gamine is on, nobody's beating Gamine. Horses I like that can maybe give her a race if for say some reason she's not in peak form since people know that Bob Baffert's been doping. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. I really like Speech. Uh, Unfortunately, she drew the rail, but she's a Michael McCarthy horse. Javier Castellano's got the ride. I also really like Venetian Harbor. Serengeti Empress is going to be the second favorite. Um, I think that if you were smart, I would throw Speech, Gamine, uh, Serengeti Empress, and then Come Dancing, which is another horse coming from off the pace. I'd throw them in a trifecta box, 25, 50 cents, have a little fun. Okay, Gamine probably going to win that if you're playing a pick three or a pick four. Moving on to the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. I think this one's pretty straightforward. Leinster, this is a George Arnold horse, drew the seven spot. Luis Saez is gonna be riding. He's by far and away the best horse, best speed numbers in this horse. If you're looking for a long shot to throw into an exact box and maybe key off a Leinster, 
or as, again, if you're playing a pick three or pick four, some horses that I like that I think can maybe stay with them. I think Got Stormy's going to push the pace. I think Wild Man Jack, nice Doug O'Neill horse, Manny Franco that rides Tis the Law, is going to be coming from off the pace as well. Uh, my bet in this is I'm going to play a trifecta box. I'm going to key Leinster. I'm going to throw in Wild Man Jack, Got Stormy, and Imprimis. Wild Man Jack, Got Stormy, Imprimis underneath lines. That's the turf sprint. Moving on to the Dirt Mile. This is a super interesting race because I won't get too into it, but there's some weird details of how they're setting up the track uh, because it's not a mile track, so they have to kind of move the starting point. So it should help the horses on the inside. Uh, unfortunately for me, the horse on the inside, an art collector, that's the horse I was trying to fade in this race because he looked terrible in the Preakness. Um, fortunately for me, the horse that I like is Sharp Samurai, which is right next to him in the two spot. I am going to pick Sharp Samurai to win here. I think you'll probably get around 12 or $15 uh, on a $1 bet. Um, and then my Xacta box here, I'm going to throw in Art Collector, Sharp Samurai, and then my favorite pick maybe of all day Saturday, there's a horse named Nick's K-N-I-C-K-S, like the basketball team, Go. Another Brad Cox horse that he claimed and has absolutely just reworked. I, I understand that it has the word the Knicks in it, but Knicks go. This horse has looked insane since Brad Cox claimed him. He won a big stakes race here back in the summer. Uh, I like Knicks go. He could maybe even be a big shot to win here. Philly and Mare Turf, I'll keep it simple here. I like Starship Jubilee. I like Mean Mary. I think the favorite is going to be Rushing Fall, but I think they can get them. Maybe just play Starship Jubilee and Mean uh, and Mean Mary underneath Rushing Fall. And then exactly here, again, if you're playing pick three, pick four, I'd maybe just roll with Jubilee and Rushing Fall. Then you move on to the sprint. Uh, again, I think it's pretty straightforward here. Bacoma, who is the favorite, has been scratched. He was going to be really pushing the pace. Yapon is a Steve Asmussen horse from Asia. Do not bet him. He's going to be overbet. I think that this horse is – I think the morning line is off on him. Uh, the horses I like here are Diamond Oops, if you want to throw a little money down. I also like CZ Rocket. Peter Miller owns the sprint. Um, so the horses I'm going to use here are Whitmore. He's an old guy. I love him. CZ Rocket and Diamond Oops in the sprint. The Breeders' Cup Mile. This is another horse, uh, race where I have a big horse that I like that – is going to be a big number. I love Halliday. Shout out Roy Halliday, even though he beat the Braves in a lot of big games. Unfortunately, died in a plane crash. He's a Pletcher horse, has run some great races at Gulfstream Park. Uh, I like him. I'm going to play an exact box with Halliday, Uni, and Raging Bull, both Chad Brown horses. They're all outside. I think they can close strong. And that is the mile. Distaff, go no further. You Swiss Skydiver. Swiss Skydiver made us a lot of money. If you killed me in the Preakness, you Swiss Skydiver. A lot of people are going to be a Monomoy girl. I think Horologist, if you want to play some exactas, might be nice, but you Swiss Skydiver. Uh, I know we're running out of gas here. We'll get to the turf. This is a mile on the turf. Uh, the horse I like here is United. Uh, I like United. He is a Mandela horse. He's from uh, the United States. There's a lot of uh, English horses and Irish, Irish horses in this race. I like United, Flavian Pratt. He sounds excited about him. If you want to play some exotics here, throw in Channel Maker and Mogul with United. Stay away from Tarnawa. He had a jockey change. I don't like that. And we get to the last race. America's most expensive horse race, $4 million on the line, the Classic. Everybody is going to be talking about Tis the Law. Tis the Law. I understand. I love him. He was my derby pick. He won me the Belmont. He almost won the derby. I get it. Everybody's going to be talking about the Baffert horse is outside 8, 9, 10 improbable authentic maximum security max and improbable probably the best horses in the race the horse I like write this down Tacitus 
number one horse. They said every time that they run this horse, they take him to the lead and he fades, speed, fade, speed, fade. Even though he's on the rail, Bill Mott has said they're not taking him to the lead. He's going to be able to close. He likes this distance. I like Tacitus to win. I'm going to put a, a bet on Tacitus to win. My exotics, I'm going to play Tacitus with Improbable. And then I'm probably going to throw Tom to tot, trying to be the oldest horse to win uh, the classic. And then if you want to play a super or a try box, uh, throw maximum security in there as well, as he should be closing nice. Uh, so if you want to play an exacta, Tacitus, Tom to tot, improbable, maximum security, Tacitus to win, should get 25 to 1. And that is the horse racing minute. That was incredible. You didn't take a sip of water or anything during that. That was awesome. That was I, awesome. I'm not sure what just happened. I just blacked you out. Blacked out. Straight, straight Oakland school style. Hey, yeah. You might go win them all. You might lose them all, but it sounded good. Hey, here's the thing. If you want to make some money, just do listen to everything I just did and don't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you that's how you make money on the Breeders' Cup. Uh you have any more golf? I know we've started the week we're into the weekend already, about to be, but you got any golf? Ooh, we we are we we are a we are a golf pod. Uh we are a golf pod. I will say I'm sitting okay right now. Uh my big picks going into this week. Um I was big on Patton Kazire. He was two hundred to one. Uh he's currently sitting in four, three uh shots off the lead. I did put a pretty significant win bet, no five no top five or ten on Sam Burns. Uh he is also sitting in the lead. Uh, another one that's a little bit off the pace that I think you might like uh, coming into the weekend, um, I think Aaron Wise, he is sitting uh, in tied for 13th right now. He's hitting the ball really well. I think he might have a shot. Uh, another one live that I think uh, some people might want to grab, Eric Van Ruyen going into the weekend. I think he's also got a nice shot. Maybe a top five live on him would be good. Um, but my bets that I already have in are Sam Burns, Patton Kazire, uh, Sepp Straka and Aaron Wise. Uh, and so hopefully we're going to be able to ride them and make some money. I was heavy on Brooks Kepka. I don't know if he's going to make the cut or not. I don't really care if he does or not. Um, I'm kind of over Brooks Kepka at this point because he's definitely not going to win. But, uh, you know, we definitely are a golf pod. I will say this. Uh, we're not going to give any Masters picks right now. We will um, just say that I'm still looking at the card for next week. Uh, but just know this, there will be a master's pod early in the week, next week. Go ahead and let the people know, be on the lookout. It's going to come out Monday or Tuesday, but there will be a master's pod. We'll be giving out officials, master's picks. You'll be able to tell doc and the law hashtag golf pod, and we'll have you some picks to make you some money next weekend. Uh, also we'll be giving out some picks for your Calcutta and your pools and uh, hopefully be able to make you some money next weekend. And some, early uh, Masters pod coming out early in the week. There's also going to be – it's going to be a Masters action pod too because we got Maxion. Oh, yeah. That's very, very true. <laughs> what a combo. What a combo. The ma- uh, the Maxters. The, ma- the Max – oh, that's – he's got a T-shirt or something. The Maxters. And have our faces <laughs> and have our faces on the back of it say Doc and Law <laughs> Golf Pod. <laughs> Matt Mas- Mastion. Who would yes. have ever thought that you would have Mac football and – the Masters in the same week. Unbelievable. What a time to be alive. What a time uh, to be alive. Yeah, with that game day, it's going to be at uh, Augusta on Saturday, which should be uh, interesting to say the least because LSU and Alabama's definitely lost a little bit of luster because LSU stinks. So, um, let's do it real quick. Let's dive into some uh, college football this weekend. Uh, speaking of the Mac, I had a good Mac. Mac Maction, welcome back uh, this week. So, hopefully we can carry some of that momentum here in the weekend. Um, marquee matchups 
uh, dive into those real quickly. There's actually a big one uh, Friday night, BYU visiting Boise State. Line up and up is BYU at three. I think it's toying around that number. Over-unders at 60. Uh, actually, hopefully it's just a good game because if you look at look here in the past, we've had some uh, real stinkers here during the primetime window. But hopefully you're going to get a good game Friday night. Yeah, uh, I absolutely got my guts ripped out on Mac uh, the other night. I had um, Ball State to win. Uh, I really, really, really needed Ball State to win. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, their quarterback absolutely blew it for me uh, in the last minute uh, as essential quality, who is my pick to win the juvenile, crosses the finish line first. And uh, I, Hot Rod Charlie um, – Woo, Hot Rod Charlie got home uh, just in front of um, one of my other picks, and I just uh, – just, I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, that just absolutely ripped my guts out. I was about uh, – I was about three feet from a massive exacta in the in the juvenile, and I just got uh, – Live my action. Out live on the pod live, here. Live on the pod. Live, live, live action. Just yep. got my guts ripped out live on the pod. Yep. Um, but, uh, no, Ball State uh, blew it for me, and uh, it would have been a huge night. It was a big swing. But I will say it was nice to see that the Mac was back in a big way. The power went out in the Toledo game yeah, was... <laughs> for like an hour. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, yep. The, the most Mac thing that's ever happened with the power going out at a game. Uh, but, no, you had a nice night on the Mac, and uh, Ball State blew it for me. But I will. I do want to get into this conversation because I think this is something we were talking about. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, worth the, the go with that too. I, I know we talked. Yeah, about I think it's worth talking so. about. So, one of our uh, one of our uh, buddies, shout out uh, PD from GPS uh, Strategies, um, made a really good point the other day, which is you know he was saying it feels like that a lot of times the reason we end up losing is because we back these teams that are not good teams, right? And we think that we get a good number on them, but they're not very good. So we back them. And then when we back them, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, like it makes sense that uh, – who's a, who, what's a good example? Um, you know, Bowling Green. Well, they're catching 28 and a half. Well, do we really think they're going to get beat by 28 and a half? Maybe not, but they're not a very good or team. A, so or how about Akron? Lose Akron, by, uh, Akron's dumb. Akron is dumb. Great example. Yeah, yeah great example. Too. So, so there, so there's a thing. Whereas on the other hand, it feels like we sometimes identify teams like Kansas, who we just automatically bet against. And you may not win every week, but you're going to win more weeks than you're going to lose, right? Because they're not going to go over 500 against the spread because they're not a good team. So the point he made is, it feels like we should just find good teams and pick them every week, and find bad teams and fade them every week. And more times than not, you're going to end up over 500, and you're going to end up making money. So the question I have for you is this. Who is somebody you can think of that is a good team coming off of a bad performance, but we still know they're a good team? Because it seems like if you're trying to find value, which is really all we're ever trying to do, right, is find value in a line, the way you find value is a good team that came off of a bad performance, therefore they're undervalued even though they know they're a good team. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I also think there's a little more aspect to it because – we talk about the spot play too, because the look ahead, look 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 ahead lines. It's one of those things that I mean, you got to imagine, especially last week. With, for example, Notre Dame plays Georgia Tech last week, and they don't cover. But you like to 
you wonder how much in the back of their mind they were thinking about Clemson. So I think that has to go into it, but I also I agree with you in betting. You're better off taking taking good teams for bad teams. I think it's – it's just tough. It's tough because you, you like to look at the number and you like to – sometimes – and we've done this in our gambling as we've gotten – God, we've been doing this for several years now, not as long as some people, but we've looked more at how important the number is. But like like Pedia said, it's also like the number is great and all, but why, why are you putting – if a team's bad, you have no business – no business betting on yeah, I think that like so I'll give you I'll give you my examples of who I'm talking about. So like I'm looking at Michigan, right? Michigan, I think, is actually a pretty good team. Um, but they had a bad week last week and um, you know, ended up dropping a game to Michigan State that they shouldn't have. But I don't think they're I don't think they're a bad team, right? And so now they go on the road to play Indiana and they're only catching three and a half points. Are they are they only three and a half points better than Indiana? No, I think they're probably ten points better than Indiana. But uh, again, we got a good team coming off a bad performance, and so they're in a spot where you know realistically, um, you know you you find value in that. I think another example is Virginia Tech and Liberty. Right, yeah. Virginia Tech. They're four and two. Are they a bad team? I don't know if they're a bad team. Um, or excuse me, I don't know if they're a good team, but I don't think they're a bad team. And then you got Liberty, who's 6-0, and but really, who have they beaten? And somehow, all of a sudden, they're ranked 25th in the country. And so, we're, I think we're overvaluing them. And the line was put at 16 and a half, and it hadn't moved a wink, right? Do I think that Virginia Tech is 17 points better than Liberty? Yeah, I kind of do. So, uh, another example I'll give you, which I think is paramount this week, is Texas and West Virginia. I think Texas is not a very good team. They go on the road to Oklahoma State, and they pull one out. I don't know what that says about Oklahoma State. I really don't think that uh, that Texas is that good of a team. So they're on the road. So I'm looking to probably fade them because they're not a good team. Therefore, I'm not going to automatically bet on them. I, I hope that makes sense. I, I'm trying to like articulate what I'm what I'm thinking out that loud, makes, and it's kind of hard. Perfect. But I guess sense. the point is that all you want to do is is try to find teams that you think are good teams, right? Like Cincinnati. I guess the discussion on Cincinnati is like this is kind of the week where it's like you got to decide are they a good team or a bad team. If you think they're they're a really good team, you take thirteen and a half. It doesn't matter. But if you don't think they're as good as you think they are, or as other people think they are, then you you know I guess you maybe want to lay fourteen with with Houston. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's something I'd be interested in looking at because we know, and if you were to talk about the the top of the top, I mean, there's. One, two, three, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. Then you got to – it's kind of mucked up there in the afterwards. So, I think it's – I think you got some awesome teams, some good teams, and you got some average teams. I wonder how – if you could break them down in tiers like SVP and Russell used to do and uh, with NFL, the tier, the tier stuff, uh, put them in that and then see if how they're covering, what number they're getting, this, that, and the other. I think that would be an interesting deep dive. But uh, we're not really mathematicians or have the time – energy to <laughs> actually calculate all that Very stuff. True. We we can barely uh barely get our bets in on time. So but I, I but I think it, yeah, it is I, a very- what's that like Yeah and I think on the flip side I think that like you 
you can find bad teams that you can just fade every week, right? Like yeah. Kansas, <laughs> they're late. They're they're catching thirty eight points with yeah. They're catching thirty eight points with Oklahoma. I don't know that I'm going to lay thirty eight with Oklahoma, but I'm sure as hell going to find a way to bet on Oklahoma, whether it's the over or the team total over. Like I'm going to bet against Kansas every single week. I think another bad team uh, is probably UNLV. They're a bad team. I'll probably find a way to bet on Fresno this week. Uh, Utah State. They're a bad team. I found a way to bet against them last night. Like yep. I think you identify these bad teams early in the year. I mean, I want to say Vandy's a bad team, but I'm fixing to uh, bet on them. But, <laughs> like, oh. you find bad teams and you recognize them early in the year. And I think if you just fade them every week, then, um, you know, I, oh, more than not, you're going to be profitable. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of not bad teams, um, let's get into the Friday night slate. I jumped the gun early. Did you already mention BYU Boise State? Sorry, I just stepped away for a second. I have not mentioned BYU Boise State. Let's rock and roll with it. Uh, BYU, who has looked uh, out of this world this year now, granted. Uh, this may be one of those cases where – or this you could include this. BYU has played, in my opinion, hasn't had – they played Houston, which would probably be their toughest matchup. And they're uh, – they've looked very good this season. Uh, Three-point favorite against Boise, and Boise's played one game. But Boise State's always had a good, solid squad. Uh BYU against three-point favorite over under sitting at 60. Um, well, one of the marquee matchups at the weekend. I think that it's so tough because Boise is Boise on the blue turf uh, is always, always a solid bet. Solid bet. You're always, you always know your Boise is going to come out there and give you their best game. Um, something about that blue turf. Everybody, everybody, everybody looks like they're mixed in. Camouflage in there. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but, um, Hate this game is not on well, Saturday night because I think this is a better primetime matchup than Stanford Oregon uh, from out west. And but but then you got a matchup against Clemson Notre Dame Saturday night. But uh, still think it's a great great game to lead us into the weekend. Uh, right now I'm leaning BYU, but I could definitely change my mind. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson has looked awesome at quarterback. Awesome. Uh, their offensive line is looked dominant up front. So uh, I just hope it's a close game, man, because we've had some prime time sleepers the past few weeks it seems like great point yeah i i kind of have a, a, a little bit of a read on this game i think that i don't know my gut wants to tell me that probably a four and a half point move on byu is a little drastic um i i, I want to say that <clears throat> byu is not that much better than boise state but with that said, like, I really can't say that I really know that much about Boise State. What I do know is that both these teams can score, uh, like, in, in bunches. Um, so, my angle on this game is I'm probably going to take over 62. Um, I'm probably either going to take the over or I'm going to throw the over in a teaser. Uh, and the teams that I'm going to throw in that teaser uh, with the over are probably going to be San Jose State in Miami 10 and a half and tease those down um, because I do think Miami's going to beat NC State. I think they'll beat them by a touchdown. I don't know if they're going to cover 10. That line makes me a little nervous. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like the over in the BYU-Boise State game. Um, but, like you said, I, I don't really know that I have enough of a read on Boise State to really say what I think about BYU. Um, but I will say I think BYU is a team that I've identified who is a good team. Yeah. So, next week, I don't know who they're playing – but if they're laying a reasonable amount of points, I'll probably just take them. Yeah. But for Friday night, it's looking like my bet's probably going to be a teaser of Miami, 
San Jose State and the BYU over, plus or minus the Miami over. Very nice. I think we're going to – let's roll with just being chronological here um, instead of doing the marquee matchups. Uh, looking at the, the, the board here quickly, we do add the Pac-12, pack whatever they are now, Pac-10, Pac-12 now. Uh, but you have had one game canceled. Actually, two games have been canceled now uh, from out west. Uh, the Washington Cal game has been postponed, as well as the Utah Arizona game has been postponed. Uh, so we're down to four Pac-12 games on Saturday. Um, so you got some got some early matchups, especially and this is one that kind of going to sneak up on you. USC takes on Arizona State at noon Eastern, which is nine a.m. Pacific. And I, that's – which is very bizarre. Yeah, heads bizarre. up. But <laughs> yeah, bizarre. Like, wake up. This is Little League Baseball, Saturday morning game, um, which is – I mean, pregame meals at 5 a.m. Goodness gracious. So, um, I think – I was about uh, to say, dude, their alarm clock is going to go off at 5 a.m. for this yeah, game. which is ridiculous. But, hey, they, I'm sure Pac-12 is going to try and get as much TV time as possible. Uh, right now, I, I'm leaning USC. I think they got a lot coming back. Arizona State's missing a lot of key playmakers from last year. Uh, but I think first half under could be a play just because of uh, uh, how early the game is. No, I, I like the first half under angle in this game. Uh, I think the other angle I like on this game is uh, Arizona State is down a lot of guys. Um, and I'm pulling this up, actually. Here we go, live research on the pod. Um, but uh, I think that Arizona State has had maybe their – maybe one of their wide receivers um, and then a couple of their guys on defense uh, are holding out because of the virus. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I – and I also think Arizona State lost some guys. Nikhil Harry obviously went to the NFL. They had a couple running backs go to the NFL. So, I think this is a little bit of a rebuilding year for Arizona State. And especially with the short schedule, I could kind of see Herm being like, hey, you know, we're going to play hard, but I don't know what kind of product we're going to be able to roll out there. Whereas on the flip side, this is a big year for USC. Yeah. Uh, Slovis coming back at quarterback. They got studs everywhere. Um, so I'm probably going to lay the points with USC. But I think the first half under is a great angle on this game because the first game of the year, kind of tend, things tend to start slow anyway. Um, so I'll probably play first half under and lay 10 with USC here. Only, only thing is we've seen, and I'll just use the Mac for example, just because it's more recent. Is I think every Mac game went over, and is that because the defenses are still kind of sleepy or trying to figure it out, or the offenses are so good? I wonder if that carries over this weekend with the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't really know. I think that the the thing you have to take into account is is like. Things are hectic for these guys, man. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if you saw the story about, like, San Jose State. Like, they're having to, like, sh- like they can't out. even shower yeah, at their crazy, facility yeah. because of the rules. Crazy. I mean, it's yeah. insane. They're having to, like, bus off campus to practice and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, things are weird for these guys right now. And I think that in those spots, I don't know whether that tends to play towards more points or less points. But I think that probably once we see that trend develop, maybe with this 9 o'clock game, maybe that's a trend we follow and kind of till that the rest of the day and maybe for the next three or four weeks until they settle in. Yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, another one you kind of mentioned earlier, Michigan, uh, three-point favorite right now at Indiana. I'm kind of with you there. I think Michigan's a better team than what they put on the field last week. Uh, Indiana has has played very well the past two weeks. But it just if you, if you were to do the eye test, you just – 
you want to lean the Wolverines here this weekend. Uh, right now, again, three-point favorite for Michigan, over-under shit to 54. Uh, I'd like to think Indiana comes back down to earth here this weekend. Uh, I mean, sure, they, they beat Penn State, uh, but then they roll over Rutgers last week, which – which they shouldn't have covered last week off that bogus, bogus lateral crap that got called back for Rutgers. Uh, but sitting at 2-0, and oh, you, you got to give the Hoosiers credit, but I still think Michigan, Michigan rolls Saturday. Yeah, I think the line is like, you know, if things look too good to be true, they usually are, right? Yeah. And, I mean, if you're sitting here looking at this line on this Michigan game, you're like, oh, man, you know, like, I think I think it just I think it just looks too good to be true uh, that Indiana is you know a three and a half point dog and you're like oh we got the hook with the field goal and you know they give up that key number of three I I think it just I think it's just too good to be true I think that Michigan should be laying more like six and a half or seven um, I, I think that again it's just they're taking advantage of kind of a recency bias I mean and they want people to bet on Indiana. So they're, you know, putting that line down there. Um, but no, I think that, uh, I think that I'm going to lay three and a half with Michigan here and you got any kind of feel for what, like, you think this is going to be like a moving up and down the field kind of game. I mean, cause I know Indiana Penn state was pretty high scoring and Indiana was in kind of high scoring game last week, Michigan. I don't really know. I haven't, I, I don't, I can't really get a feel for what they are on offense yet with Milton, but I kind of feel like this might be a shootout. I could definitely see that. Go. I think, I, you'd like to think that Michigan opens up a little bit more this week. And after rolling over Minnesota, which obviously Minnesota's not the team we thought they were, but they roll over Minnesota and they have a really lackluster effort against Michigan State last weekend. You like to think Michigan comes out and slings around and puts up points. So over maybe a look. I think the number's really sitting low at 40, 46, 45-ish. So um, mm-hmm. life's too short to bet unders, as Big Cat says on Barstool. So uh, over, oh, may, over, over may be a fun play here tomorrow. Uh, moving on, another marquee matchup you at which and I've already got some action on. Uh, I think it's marquee because it's got some some Big Twelve implications with it. Uh, West Virginia takes on Texas. Uh, I got West Virginia at seven and a half for it moved down to six and a half. Uh, I think this you, think this line could start keep creeping down, and you could probably probably get you a nice middle before kickoff at noon, uh, eleven Central. Uh, Texas, maybe that gets down to four. Fingers crossed, maybe three and a half, three-ish. That'd be awesome. Uh, but West Virginia, both both these squads have solid defenses. Uh, and they've shown that the past two weekends. Texas is just one of the classic Texas letdown spots after a monster win last week at Oklahoma State. Uh, West Virginia has been playing better and better and better. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a great matchup. Uh, again, this is Big 12 is wide open, and that, and that includes our Iowa State Cyclones. Um, so I think this is one of the, it's going to be a, a defensive struggle. Uh, I've heard a lot of people in the under. I think the numbers opened up at 55, but I think it's going to end up creeping down a little bit. Uh, but I've, I've got some action on West Virginia at plus seven and a half. Anything you see in this matchup? No, dude. I think good for you for grabbing that number so early. I, I, Unfortunately, I'm uh, am far too invested in the election and golf and the freaking Breeders' Cup uh, to be firing off uh, Tuesday and Wednesday lines like I probably should be and grabbing those early lines. Um, but I probably will still – I think the Tech I, – I, it's down to six. I think the Texas money's coming tomorrow. I think that, you know, a lot of squares are going to wake up tomorrow morning and see that Texas is only laying five and a half and 
oh, this is West Virginia, man. They're at home. And I think that line will come back up a little bit. That that the fact that it's dropped from seven and a half to six tell you know tells you that it's gotta be some pretty wise money coming in on uh, West Virginia. So uh, I'm hoping that tomorrow morning some people wake up, see that Texas is only laying five and a half and uh, start grabbing it. And I'm gonna be West Virginia. Uh, hopefully I get it around plus seven like you did. If not, you know, I'm not scared to, to buy a hook um, and get it back up to seven. And then, uh, by the way, for the people who don't know, the hook is the half point. So if it's at six and a half, seven is key because if they're at seven and they lose by a touchdown, you push and you get your money back, you just don't win. If you can buy from seven to seven and a half and they lose by a touchdown, then you win if they're plus seven or seven and a half. So when I say buy the hook, that's what I mean. Um, but I'm hoping to get this at seven, seven and a half. Uh, and then I'm also looking to probably play West Virginia money line in a little round robin parlay. We'll get to that a little later. Would you rather bet? Uh, so I'm going to oh, 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 go quick. Ahead. Would, would ahead. you rather do it? We always do this. Would you rather bet UMass at 41 or Kansas at 30, 38? <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not going to act like I know who UMass is playing. Oh, they're playing Marshall. Oh my gosh. So would I rather lay forty four with Massachusetts or thirty eight with Kansas? Um, I'd lay forty four with UMass That's, because I'm, I think Oklahoma right could score six. I think Oklahoma could score sixty three by themselves, but then I have to remind myself that UMass is a legit high school team. Yes. So, but I, I'm just going to take the bigger number here. I'm just going to lay forty four uh, with Massachusetts. So uh, another another game I want to get to with you. Uh, which is in the early window, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I do want your thoughts. Liberty, I mentioned this earlier. Somehow they're ranked 25th in the country because they're 6-0 and and they've beaten some, you know, Power 5 teams. They go on the road to Lane Stadium at noon to play Virginia Tech, and they're catching 16 and a half points, okay? So somehow the 25th team in the country is playing a 4-2 and team, and they're catching 16 and a half points. The total has gone up from 66 and a half to 67 and a half. The line has not budged off 16 and a half. What, what's your take on this game? I think it's tough because, like you said, Liberty had like Liberty beat what's their first ACC win ever was uh, Syracuse, which is not really saying a whole lot. Uh, yep. I think the, the Hokies have a solid, solid ground game. Uh, Hendon Hooker was 10 for 10 last week, which – Sounds like the Stanley Hills high school numbers throwing the ball ten times a game, putting every one of them for that for in the full to the fullback in the flats. Um, but it, if Virginia Tech pushes the ball down the field, uh, I think it could be could Virginia Tech can get the number. Uh, but I I lean Liberty just because I think it's going to be a ground and pound game for both sides of the ball. All right, I'm going to give you Liberty's schedule. They have beaten Western Kentucky by six. Oh, garbage. They they beat Florida International by two. At home, who is garbage? They beat North Alabama, twenty-eight to seven. They beat Louisiana Monroe, who has not won a game, forty to seven. They beat Syracuse, who lost their quarterback during that game. By the way, don't forget about that, and lost two offensive linemen during that game. They beat them by seventeen on the road. Granted, whatever. And they've beaten Southern Miss, but they drove them by twenty-one. But I don't know if you've seen Southern Miss; they're terrible. They've already fired their coach this year. Twice, somehow, twice, twice. somehow, with that schedule, they are 25th in the country, and they're going on the road to play a four and two Virginia Tech team who had high expectations coming into this year, and the line hasn't moved. So yeah, I'm gonna lay 16 and a half points. I'm gonna take the over. 
I think Virginia Tech might beat them by 28 points. Fingers crossed. I could be totally wrong on this game, but my feel, my gut says Virginia Tech is going to roll Liberty. That may I, I, I'm we're we're kind of we're we're hokey fans as well because um, we've been there, but we've been over that several times in the pod. But I think this is more me being pissed off at Virginia Tech because two weeks ago they, they they laid a gigantic egg against Wake Forest. So I'm still I'm still mad at them. Don't let them beat you twice. Don't let them beat you twice. Don't let them beat you twice. So that's uh, but I think All you're right. on the right. I think you're on the right side with that that thought process with Virginia Tech. All right, moving on. We touched on this game. I want to get your thoughts on it. Cincinnati hosting Houston. Cincinnati's 5-0. Just came off of two huge wins, uh, two big wins, where they uh, won, uh, excuse me, uh, 49-10 over Memphis and 42-13 on the road at SMU, which are two games that people thought were going to be close, including myself last week. Um, they actually opened as dogs against SMU and won 42-13. Uh, they come home to host Houston. Houston, they're laying 13 and a half points. What are you thinking here? Uh, Cincinnati has looked really, really stellar, man. Uh, they're playing good team defense. Uh, Ritter quarterback has looked awesome. Uh, I think they'll, and Houston has, show, has shown nothing on defense. Uh, I think, uh, and they, like you said, 13 and a half, that's a key number right there. That 13 and a half, you, two touchdown, two touchdown lead gives you a win. Um, Cincinnati looks like uh, they look like a legit top ten team, uh, probably a top seven team. I don't know about six. We'll see. We could see down the road. Hopefully, um, I definitely definitely look to take the Bearcats there at thirteen and a half. Yeah, I I will tell you, I I I'm kind of a believer on Cincinnati now, which means they'll turn around and f me this week and and play terribly and probably lose outright on the field. Uh, but with that being said. I'm kind of leaning towards uh, laying the points uh, with Cincinnati this week. And then I look at the money, and I see that Cincinnati is getting 73% of the bets, but only 47% of the money, right? So my gut would tell me almost every time that Joe Public is on Cincinnati and the money is, is coming in on Houston, and you should take Houston. However, the line has moved from Houston plus 10 and a half to Houston plus 13. So I don't know what to make of the whole situation with where the money's going and where the line's moving. Uh, but the eye test tells me that Cincinnati is two touchdowns better than Houston. Uh, the other thing that's interesting on this game, if you're looking for a value spot, is for some reason this line has dropped from 58 to 53 and a half. Uh, but both these teams have shown that they can score. I know Cincinnati has a really good defense, but Houston does not. So uh, I'm looking for Cincinnati to blow Houston out in this game. I'm probably going to take Cincinnati 13 and a half and also play over 53. And this is teaser territory for me as well. As I can see, you're getting absolutely mauled by your kid right now. (laughs) We we make the podcast happen one way or another. Um, Yeah, we welcome our first guest onto the pod, Frank. (laughs) Frank, He can't talk, but he is. Frank Gay, he can. He's he's always wide open on Saturday, full of energy. Uh, Let's move on to a marquee matchup. SEC-wise, Florida, Georgia, largest cocktail party. Maybe not the largest cocktail party this this type go-around, but it'll still be a cocktail party. Uh, let's see. I think the number op- – is it three and a half? Open at three and a half. I've seen it kind of float, float to three for a minute, jump back up. Um, there's Georgia's got a lot of problems on the defense. I know they've got injuries. And Stanford Steve said it. It's kind of like I've got Georgia fatigue almost because, like last weekend, man – 
they had no business keeping it semi-close with that terrible Kentucky team. Uh, they went 14-3. Um, but Florida has some guys out because of their brawl uh, this past weekend against Missouri. Um, S&P – and I have S&P pulled up right now – projects the winner to be Florida. Uh, the projected score around it is 26-26. So, it looks neck and neck according to S&P. And S&P is pretty – usually spot on. Uh, I think if you can get Georgia at three, that's the play. Um, just because Florida has not shown you, what, been three, four years since Florida's won this game? Uh, I think uh, I think Georgia's the play if you get it at three. Maybe a live look at Florida if, if Georgia gets an early lead. No, I, I like that. I think that maybe uh, I think that maybe playing Georgia minus three, um, and then if Georgia scores, looking for a live middle in Florida is a nice play. Uh, also, I will say, you know, I'm I tend to kind of look at where the money's going, and if you look at it here in this spot, this is like ideally where you want to be if you're tracking a line move, which is the line drop from Florida plus six to Florida plus three. But where we're sitting right now, Florida's getting 55% of the bets and 74% of the money. So I know some people would say, oh, well, that's, you know, big bets coming in. That's more of the money. Um, but to me, I always want to be against uh, where the public's betting. Um, and so it's looking like most bets are coming in on Florida. I know that kind of flies in the face of what I was saying with Cincinnati, which is why I don't really understand how that line's moving. But um, this is a nice spot because if 26% of the money on Georgia is holding this line where it is, you know, going to plus two and a half, then I think that's probably as low as they're willing to let it get, which means they think Georgia's going to win by three as well. Uh, and the book's usually right. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Georgia minus three. Um, I don't know how I feel about the total. Um, I see a prediction here from Action Network at 56. Uh, the line, most of the money's coming in on the under, and it actually has not moved all 52 and a half. So maybe look for an over here, maybe a live over if they don't score on the first two drives. Um, so maybe take Georgia minus three and then look for Florida and a live over if they don't score on the first couple drives. That might be a nice spot uh, to play there. Definitely think it is. Uh, let's look at – keep rolling. Uh, we've already mentioned Kansas-Oklahoma because that's definitely a marquee matchup. Psych. Uh, you mentioned uh, you're going to take a look at the <laughs> the Commodores here against Mississippi State. Both teams have looked dreadful. But isn't – Vanderbilt, usually that get-right game uh, for a team. I mean, well, you say that. I was gonna yeah, but, dude, how are they going to score How are they gonna score 19 more points than Vanderbilt if you can't score 19 points? Very true. Yeah, very true. I mean, it's a real question. It's not like their defense is going to yeah. shut Vandy out. Yeah. I mean, Vandy might score 14 points. Yep. And if they score 14 points, do you really trust Mississippi State to score 34 I mean, I don't. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, take 19, and I may even uh, be a complete wuss and uh, tease uh, Vanderbilt up, uh, which just tells you how much faith I have in Vanderbilt. Although I'm betting on them. Here we go with our bad team, good team thing. And these are two Gross. bad teams. Um, but I will say this: another interesting gambling angle, which I have not pursued myself, but I think is a, a, a interesting way to go. If you like Vandy plus 14. This is reverse teaser territory, yeah. okay? Because there's some lines out there that I think are sneaky lower than they should be. I think the Oklahoma over at 63.5 is probably lower than it should be. Uh, I think that the BYU total tonight is probably lower than it should be. I think Michigan at 3.5 is probably lower than it should be. Uh, I, I think there's some lines out there where if you think that that line is four or five points uh, like off where it should be, 
a reverse teaser where instead of making the line better, you make it worse, you get incredible odds. Uh, this may be reverse teaser territory for me, man. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Happy to invest in that trash. <laughs> and with that said, I will lose 100%. Yeah, because thoughts and prayers being invested in that trash football game. Um, All right, let's of, move on. What do you speak, think about Clemson Notre Dame? I was going to say real quickly uh, – October's finished, but Brock Purdy's going to be rolling against the Baylor Bears. I got that uh, key, key, got that key number for it steamed up to 14 and a half, 15. I got that uh, locked it in Tuesday morning. Got Iowa State at 13 and a half. So that's all our Iowa State talk here on the pod for the evening. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I'll probably stay away here. I, I got a bad feeling about this one at home against Baylor. I feel like this is going to be a game where the guy kick a field goal to win late. You and I both watch a lot of Iowa State football. And my gut says that this is not going to be a 14-point win. This is going to be one where you take Iowa State minus five and a half live, and they're up three at the end of the game, but they're driving. (laughs) He got that (laughs) right. Like Iowa State always does. It always does. Uh, All right, like you said, Clemson Notre Dame. Uh, Lined opened up, I think it was – Five and a half, Clemson. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two, two, I, I saw where it opened at two and a half, Clemson. Wow. Um. Now, my thing is, it's already I, a six. I think Trevor Lawrence being out is big, but I think the fact that Clemson has multiple guys out on defense is a bigger issue than same same thing we talked about last weekend with Alabama being down Jalen Waddle. I think with I think it would be a bigger issue if an offensive lineman was hurt. Um, I think it's actually going to hurt Clemson more. I think they got two linebackers out um, against Clemson. And then I heard a great point on the Action Network pod was stuck in Colin today. They are wondering if Notre Dame has been vanilla for the past – for this whole season. Think about it. Notre Dame has beat – last week they beat Georgia Tech. The two weeks before that they beat Louisville 12-7. to And they've – who else? They played Duke, and they look bad against Duke. Do you think they've been vanilla for the past – the whole season? Just waiting for Clemson? They're going to let it it all rip? Uh, It could be possible. I I don't know. Um, I will say this. I'm stoked to see uh, Mike Tirico on the call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's here's what I'll say, okay? Uh, I think that the game last week for uh, Uyongalele, can you believe I just said that right? That's impressive. Um, I think the I think the game last week for I do live in Clemson basically, so I've heard that uh, dude's name a lot this week. I I think that um, I think that that game last week was big for him because I think that that shook off a lot of the like you know first game nerves and all that kind of stuff for him. Uh, uh, and so I think my angle on this game is. That I think with Trevor Lawrence, I think this game is. I think this line's probably like thirteen and a half, right? Uh, so does he move the line seven points? Maybe, but I still think Clemson has a better defense than Notre Dame. I still think that Clemson is going to be able to move the ball. I don't know about at will, but I do think Clemson is going to be able to move it up and down the field. I understand where people play in Notre Dame plus six, plus five and a half, even money line. I understand where they're coming from. But I feel like this historically has been a game where I would take Notre Dame plus six, and then they would get smoked. So I'm either going to stay away or play Clemson here. That's my lean. I have not settled on a pick for the game, but that's my lean. What do you think? That's your lean? Uh, I may be a little froggy and take Notre Dame on my line. 
you know. It's so not, it's not a bad idea. It's maybe, not a bad maybe, idea. I mean, because you, you want action on it. You want action on it because it's a premier game. But, like, I think there's so many things up in the air with, like, is Notre Dame actually good? Like, are you really willing to put post-tax dollars on the fact that Notre Dame has been vanilla all year? Because if you're wrong, they might get smoked. No, if they're not. actually as bad as they looked against Louisville, they might get beat by 21. They might. And they also might not cut the grass for three weeks and have one of those games where they slow down Travis Etienne at running back. The grass oh, the bush-push so game. The bush-push game. <laughs> Um, where you can't even see their shoes. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I feel like I'm either going to take Clemson or I'm just going to throw Notre Dame in my money line parlay and just see what happens. I, I don't know. That that that's I'm I'm going to go one of those two directions, but uh, to be determined. I think, uh, and we'll dive into one more. Uh, no, we'll dive into a few more here because we got some. Pa- we finally got Pac-12 after dark. Oh, and then we also got Hawaii football real late, so that'll be electric. <laughs> um, I think I've asked you the past three weeks. We'll go for a fourth consecutive week. You calling the Hogs this weekend? <laughs> Am I calling the Hogs this weekend? Yeah, they're playing Tennessee. Um, ooh, gosh, uh, man, everybody. It feels like everybody's on Tennessee, doesn't it? Um, half Tennessee, sixty-five percent of the money is on Tennessee. Everybody's got this game projected at Tennessee minus four and a half, minus five. Uh, everybody thinks that the line's going to go to minus three tomorrow during the day. Um, gosh, I, th- my gut tells me that I want to take Arkansas money line. Um, but I feel like my head is telling me that probably the smart pick is to take Tennessee and the only reason is is because Arkansas is 5-0 against the spread and at some point that streak is going to break right yeah very true so um what does S&P say about this game S&P right now sitting at uh the winners Tennessee uh projected margin victories 2.2 so projected scores 26-24 um which S&P has been extremely hit or miss this year I think it's a lot a lot of issues with COVID and their practice time so early in the year i think it's honed in a little bit better here lately um but i think uh, arkansas has been playing some not great football but they just look like a different arkansas team over the past what we've seen the past what two three years so i think i think in tennessee man agree, right? tennessee in poof they look rough but hey whatever <laughs> no, no i mean no, no problem with us so I'm, I'm we you know uh we're not huge podcast uh Tennessee's borders. So, I, I feel like uh, I feel like what I'm probably going to end up doing, if I know myself, is I'm probably going to end up taking Arkansas money line. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, and if the people are listening, I don't know if that's gonna, that's what I'll end up doing. Yep. Uh, that being said, just know that the world is on Tennessee. Yep. And when everybody is on the team. Uh, usually the smart way to go is to go the other direction. So probably what I'll end up doing is taking Arkansas on the money line and uh, end up sweating Arkansas uh, at 10.30 p.m. tomorrow night, hating myself for it. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably call the Hogs. Let's, uh, let's look at another late-night matchup. I figure, I forgot there's a few more a few more interesting matchups. I know I mentioned Stanford-Oregon uh, earlier and how that, I think that game's kind of lost, lost a little bit of luster. But I think that uh, – let's just talk about it real quick. Uh, Oregon – Opened up as a low point favorite. I think this just trickled down a little bit, or it's kind of. This, I'm looking at S. Yeah, it's right actually now. moved to minus nine, which is minus surprising nine. to me. Yeah, uh, S and P projected scores got it at 34-20. Oregon is the winner. 
But, man, Oregon's lost a bunch. A bunch of guys opted out this year. They've lost a lot of seniors. And doesn't, this, doesn't David Shaw, whenever he has a, a, a team that's not decimated by injury, usually get into that number? Uh, so the, I think there's two things you got to take into – or three things you got to take into account. I think one that you got to take into account is Oregon lost a lot. I think the second thing you got to take into account is there's been a lot of dudes either opt out or get hurt uh, or opt out because of COVID on Stanford's team. So Stanford may be in trouble. And yeah. I think the third thing you got to take into account is that Oregon has finally come out of stone age with that god-awful offense that they were running with Herbert last year. Joe Moorhead, who actually found a way to run a 21st century offense at Mississippi State uh, and actually moved the ball the last couple of years, is now their offensive coordinator. And what I've heard is that Oregon's got some dogs on defense. Um, and however, I just want to put this out there for the people: tread lightly if you're think if you're like me and you're thinking about taking Oregon, uh, because 50% of the bets are on Stanford. Only 40% of the money is on Stanford, but 40% of the money has moved on a full point and a half. That is what we call in the biz a legit reverse line move. Smaller bets are making the line move, which means they're like more respected. And that usually is an indicator that the smart people are on Stanford. We're not the smart people, so I'll probably take Oregon. <laughs> got that right. Definitely not smart people. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at laying nine points with Oregon, though. How about you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know, man. It may be one of those. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a feel for the day and see what <laughs> – it's hard to get a feel for it when you the first the first Pac-12 games at nine nine a.m. their time. So I'd like to see if, uh, like you said, they've been doing a lot of things out there on the West Coast where um, not practicing. I'd like to see if that takes effect and maybe that stuff kind of carries over from game to game. So maybe you get a close matchup in USC and Arizona State and maybe roll with Stanford late night. I don't know. It could be something, something definitely look at. Uh, and let's just talk about it because the game kicks at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Chaser game, New Mexico on the island taking on Hawaii. Uh, I apologize. My dog is barking in the background. Of course, around this, the gray household. Uh, opened up as Hawaii and minus 15 and a half. Uh, honestly, don't know a lick about either one of them. I know Hawaii looked terrible at Wyoming, but Hawaii is at home uh, for the first time this year. Um, probably going to take a, end up taking the, the not hurricanes, the Rainbow Warriors, uh, late night, late night. Chase game. Any thoughts on that one? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you this. I watched that Hawaii-Wyoming game uh, because I had needed it to close out a parlay, and, of course, they didn't, and I hate them for that. With that being said, don't let them beat you twice. New, New Mexico's bad, dude. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of their game last week. They're bad. And I know Hawaii's not great, but New Mexico's bad. And we opened up this segment saying that we were going to try to find bad teams and fade them. And I'm just telling you, New Mexico's a bad team. I know 15 and a half is a big number, uh, but they're going to be on the uh, they're going to be on the island. Uh, the uh, you know the mana is going to be strong. The winds are going to be blowing. Uh, the lays are going to be out. And they're going to be spread six feet apart. And and I think the Rainbow Warriors are going to whip their ass. And I think they're, they're probably going to win by three touchdowns. And I'm going to lay 15 and a half. And I'm going to wake up and uh, lose. <laughs> <laughs> sounded, sounded extremely confident when you said it, though. So I, well, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm going to lay the points. I, I think I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be nice for Hawaii to get back home. They've been going for two weeks. 
Uh, I think it'll be comfortable for them. I'm sure that the COVID travel has been uncomfortable for New Mexico. Um, and like I said, they're a bad team. So let's yeah. fade them. Let's stick to what we said we're going to do. And uh, let's let's take the points of Hawaii. Any more calls before we get a quick, quick, quick update to NFL? Uh, I will say um, South Alabama catching 17 and a half at the shots. Um, it, it's starting to starting to uh, make me make me uh, look uh, look twice. Uh, that being said, I feel like that just screams pass. A lot of people out there are going to see that number and think you know uh, Coastal's due for a letdown. South Alabama is another team that is not very good. I think they're not as good as their record shows. Uh, one line that I'm going to be itching to take uh, is Rutgers goes to Ohio State this week. They are catching 39 points, which I understand that Ohio State is good and people think Rutgers is not. But the line that I'm paying a lot more attention to is the Rutgers first half line is plus 24. Really? Like Rutgers, I don't think Rutgers is bad enough that they're going to smoke them by 24 points in the first half. I could be completely wrong, uh, but I'm going to play Rutgers first half. Uh, that's an angle for me. Uh, I think Texas A&M going on the road to South Carolina, they're laying 10 points. I think they'll probably cover that. I think South Carolina's running out of gas a little bit. Um, and then another line that caught my eye was Maryland-Penn State. Uh, the total opened at 61.5. It's up to 64.5. I'm going to hammer that over maybe until it hits 70 because James Franklin is going to try to score 63 points on these guys. And if he can score 70, he will. Yep. Um, after opening up 0-2, Maryland has no defense, and they can score two. Uh, little Tua showed us that last week. I'm also going to take the Kansas-Oklahoma over and probably the Oklahoma team total over. Uh, and then I am going to um, – I don't know. I was tempted to say I was going to lay 44 with Marshall, but I don't know if I can lay 45, 44 points. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think that's it. You got any more plays? No, I'll probably roll with App State at uh, 17 and a half. Like you said, I think Texas State's a pretty, very good football team. So, that's one I definitely odd. So, um, I'm sure we'll have some more ads Saturday morning after we – browse through Twitter and see what's going on. Maybe we'll get some COVID updates with people out and whatnot. Um, looking ahead to Sunday, not not our bread and butter with NFL. Um, got a winner, myself personally, with Green Bay first half, which was an easy winner. Uh, thoughts and prayers of those who had the under last night. Against, with that one, that was a tough one to, to swallow if you had the under. Um, what a bad beat with 40, that last yeah, second garbage no, touchdown. Oh, my gosh. Garbage touchdown. Um I, we can just dive into, like, the games that have caught my eye. Um, Chicago, frauds. You still owe me a white pizza for that one. But, hey, for Chicago's a bunch of frauds. Take it on the Titans. Um, well, I, Didn't we double down? Didn't we go double or nothing on the game last week? We did go double or nothing, but remember that podcast got canceled, so it didn't count. <laughs> oh, that's BS, because I don't remember what game it was, but I'm it was pretty Texas, sure I covered it was that. Texas, Oklahoma, it was Texas-Oklahoma, and I had Texas yet Oklahoma, so – we can either – I mean, Oklahoma State. So, we can either double down as two – and I'm I'm two white pizzas up, or we can just say it didn't happen. So, it's their call. No, you're right. That that podcast didn't get posted. That didn't get posted, so that can't count. You're absolutely right about that. Um, Well, let's double down this week for the people, though. Are You got a line you feel strong on? Because we'll see, we'll see if I feel the same way. Look, just a good matchup, Seahawks at Bills. Bills are kind of – falling apart and not falling apart but bills have looked at the way they should in the past few weekends but uh three Seahawks right not past. great on the road that's a no. one o'clock game going on to the east coast uh and plus you've had a play three with the bills yeah i don't know but 
had a bunch of COVID issues too across the NFL this week where teams shut down facilities for a day. That really boded well last night for the 49ers. Huh? Um, let's see, Sunday night, you got the Bucks, Saints. Bucks are four and a half point favorite. Uh, Pittsburgh, Dallas, no thanks. Vegas, Chargers is a pick. Uh, Broncos, Falcons. Falcons are a four point favorite. Jags, Texans. Texans are a seven point favorite. Um, Let's see. Chiefs are a ten and a half point favorite against the Panthers. Colts, uh, one point favorite against the Baltimore Ravens. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Washington football team, two and a half point favorite against the New York Giants. Uh, Vikings, Lions. Lions are a four point underdog. And then again, the Titans are a six and a half point favorite against the fraudulent uh, Chicago Bears. Anything stick out to you in those? Missed Arizona, who's a four and a half point favorite against. Uh, the Dolphins quarterback by Tua Tagovailoa in Monday Night Football is a gross football game with the Jets and the Patriots barf. Uh, anything, <laughs> anything stand out to you in those matchups? I mean, yep, yep. I got, I got a couple play. I got, I got a couple plays for you. Uh, the Falcons are laying four, hosting the Broncos. In what world should the Falcons be laying points to anybody? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I'm probably going. The Titans got their asses kicked last week. Uh, I don't understand the Titans. But with that being said, the Bears are frauds. The Titans come home. They're catching six and a half. I'm probably going to lay six and a half with the Titans. Uh, I'm going to keep rolling with the Chiefs team total over. Team total over. I think I've hit that three weeks in a row. Uh, 31 and a half is that number. They are at home against the Panthers, who got ripped by the uh, Falcons last week. So I'll probably take that. Um, and then another line that I like, I think Tua going on the road does not bode well against the Cardinals. Cardinals are only laying four and a half. That line's moving their direction. I'll probably take Cardinals and lay the points, lay four and a half. And then the craziest line move of the entire week, you hit on it. Uh, the Ravens open as three-point favorites. Most of the money is on the Ravens. Most of the bets are on the Ravens. But yet, somehow, even with the bets and the money on the Ravens, it has swung from them as three-point favorites to one-point dog. So I'm probably just going to play the Colts' money line because the, the somebodies who know something are throwing down massive bets on the Colts, apparently. And even with the balanced out bets, the line's still moving towards the Colts. So I'm probably going to take the Colts' money line, and that'll be my NFL action. I'm sure I'll have some ads, but right now, um, full of nothing. Just, just going to dive in. A, some, hopefully get some winners here Saturday, and then I'll, I'll look at NFL. Um, real quickly, anything to add to the pod before we uh, – hopefully I can get this thing loaded correctly and we – Dish it out to the people this weekend. Uh, no, I think the uh, I think probably the biggest thing is um, you know I think we talked last week about granted the pod didn't get posted so uh, you know it, it doesn't really matter but uh, I think last week we were saying you know there's a lot of got teams who were kind of hanging on by a thread um, and we were going to find out if they break or not. I think this week might be that week for Texas. Um, I think we might find out if this week is that week for Cincinnati. Um, and so I think we'll know a lot about kind of the landscape of the, uh, of the, you know, playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll know a lot more after this week because there's a lot of pivotal games for these teams that are kind of in the race. And obviously Clemson Notre Dame is going to knock somebody out of it, um, for sure. So yeah, I think it's going to be a fun week and, uh, hopefully we can cash in and, uh, win the people some money and don't forget Breeders' Cup paid my picks. <laughs> That's what, my picks. Um, well, Tuesday was a big day, my friend. Um, it was National Sandwich Day. And uh, as we say here at the end of every Doc and Roll podcast, life is like a sandwich. No matter which way you stack it, 
bread comes first. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Now I want to understand. I have done all that I could to see the evil and the good without hiding. You must help me if you can. Doctor, my to cry. 